1: Welcome to the Financial Times Big Read, a weekly podcast featuring the best of our long-form reporting from around the world. I'm Anna Dedder from the Comment and Analysis Desk. Football in China is more than just a game. As the country targets global assets, from hotels to agribusinesses, it is also indulging in a spending spree on buying foreign players, taking stakes in overseas clubs and investing in broadcast rights, say Ben Bland and Charles Clover. They say the shift in the global power balance in football is being fueled by the ambition of President Xi to make China a great sports nation that can host and win the World Cup. This report is narrated by Ben. My life in China hasn't really started yet, says Jovino with a nervous laugh, wearing a baseball cap emblazoned with his own name. But Chinese football has huge growth ahead of it. Many friends want to join me here. In a country more famed for its exports than its imports, the 28-year-old Ivorian footballer is one of the unlikely faces of a new Chinese revolution, one that aims to bring the world's biggest game to the world's largest audience. The former Arsenal and Roma striker recently moved for a $20 million transfer fee to Qin Huangdao, a city best known as China's biggest coal port, his new employer, China's Super League team, Herbei China Fortune, has been transformed by the sudden rush of investment from its billionaire owner. The impact of such investments has not gone unnoticed. China's spending splurge on football is reverberating around the world, from buying foreign players to taking stakes in clubs like Manchester City and even acquiring sponsorship rights for FIFA, the game's governing body. Supported by some of the country's best-known tycoons, including Jack Ma of Alibaba and Wang Jianlin of Wanda, it mirrors China's unprecedented acquisition spree of other premium global assets, from hotels to agribusiness. And it has prompted similar questions. Are Chinese companies overpaying? Is such rampant deal-making sustainable, or is this yet another bubble soon to burst? Much seems to hinge on the backing of one man, President Xi Jinping. A fan of the game, he wants to turn China from a footballing backwater into an international powerhouse, reflecting Beijing's ambitions to dominate other global industries, from robotics to aviation. Zhang Dajong is CEO of the recently established sports division at Alibaba, the Chinese e-commerce group that part-owns the country's top club. He says, After Xi Jinping came to power, sports are being given a boost. It's high time for us to do this. CSL clubs spent more than $280 million during the winter transfer window, more than any other league, including England's big-money Premier League. Unlike an earlier trend of importing fading stars, several clubs have secured leading players from European teams. Record signing Alex Teixeira, a 26-year-old Brazilian midfielder, joined Jiangsu Suning for $55 million in February. It was the third time in just a matter of days that the national transfer record had been broken. Jiangsu reportedly beat Liverpool to sign Teixeira. To secure this talent, Chinese clubs have had to pay big transfer fees and offer some of the highest salaries in the football world. In doing so, they could dramatically alter the dynamics of the global transfer market. Edward Woodward, a Manchester United executive, told investors recently that China has become quote, another useful market if we're looking to sell any players. What he didn't say was that European clubs will also face stiffer competition to sign that talent in the first place. Simon Chadwick, a professor of sports business at Salford University, says... In a matter of weeks, we've seen the global power balance in football shift east by quite a big margin. China and football have been flirting with each other for the best part of two decades, but it's never really taken off. The big difference now is the backing of President Xi and his desire to host the World Cup and then eventually win it. Just like its plans for coal production and railway construction, the ruling Communist Party has a fixed growth target for sports. It released a plan last year to turn China into a great sports nation, creating an industry worth $800 billion by 2025 and expanding the number of specialised football schools from 5,000 to 50,000. The ultimate aim is to win a bid to host the World Cup and help the poorly performing national team compete at the highest level. It's currently ranked 96th in the world, behind the Faroe Islands and North Korea. China's tycoons are lending their support, investing heavily in the CSL, creating football schools, competing for TV rights, and acquiring stakes in some of Europe's top clubs. Back in October, President Xi posed for a selfie with Manchester City striker Sergio Aguero while on a state visit to the UK. Less than two months later, media mogul Leroy Gang paid $400 million for a 13% share of the club. Mr. Li, who had escorted President Xi on the UK trip, also paid a record 8 billion RMB for the five-year rights to broadcast the CSL. Last year, Mr. Wang of Wanda paid $50 million for a stake in Spain's Atletico Madrid. And Chen Yan Cheng, a toy car tycoon, took control of Español, another top-tier Spanish team. In recent months, Wanda and Alibaba have both signed sponsorship deals with scandal-hit FIFA. Wanda claimed that its agreement would leave it, quote, better placed to play a role in the bidding process to host major football events, such as the World Cup. Chinese football executives say these purchases, like the wider trend of investment in developed markets, are designed to signal ambition and allow Chinese companies to learn from the experts. But they admit it has put them under financial pressure. Adrian Chan is an executive at RF Properties, which owns CSL team Guangzhou RF. He says, We don't know yet if the premiums clubs are paying for players are justified. We hope there will be an improvement in gameplay that will boost ticket and merchandise sales and improve the overall quality of football in China. Guangzhou's other team, Evergrande Taobao FC, paved the way for China's football revolution. The current CSL champions recruited international players and coaches, built one of the world's biggest football schools, and became the first Chinese winners of the Asian Champions League in 2013. Last year, the club became the first Asian football business to list on a stock market. It boasts of a market capitalization close to Manchester United's $2 billion, although its shares are 95% owned by Alibaba and Evergrande, a property company, and it is making big losses. Christopher Atkins is a former football writer in China who transformed himself into a player's agent to tap the football boom. He says Evergrande set the standard for others to follow, while companies have rushed to win President Xi's favour by investing more in the game. Many of those enterprises also see good business reasons for getting involved in the sport r and Evergrande and many other CSL clubs are majority owned by property developers. Well known in their home regions, they hope their connection to football will build them nationwide brands at a time when the real estate market is struggling. Investors such as Wanda and Alibaba also see an opportunity to build content businesses in a country where mobile commerce is growing fast. Most clubs have seen a significant jump in attendances during the opening fixtures this season, but ticket prices remain too low to provide a major boost to incomes. So as clubs are forced to spend more on foreign players and coaches, the risk is that the losses grow faster than the revenues. Mr. Lee, the media tycoon, believes Chinese football is entering a virtuous circle. He says increased investment in broadcast rights will support higher spending by clubs, leading to a better quality league and further growth in media rights, ticket sales and other revenue streams. Lei Jan is CEO of Le Echo Sports, an online broadcaster that bought the first two years of CSL rights from Mr. Lee last month for 2.7 billion RMB. He compares the deal to BSkyB's transformative purchase of the English Premier League broadcast rights in 1992. Those rights are now the most expensive in world football. But he admits that his company will not make any profit on the current deal because Chinese consumers are reluctant to pay to watch the CSL. Instead, he says he's investing in, quote, changing the behaviour of viewers towards pay-per-view sports. Richard Battle a football business analyst at Deloitte, argues that deep-pocketed owners will support the medium-term growth of the game in China. He says, As long as high-net-worth individuals want to compete in football, clubs don't have to generate all the revenue needed to cover their costs. Football supporters in China fear that these tycoons will lose interest, run out of cash, or even fall foul of President Xi's other pet project, the anti-corruption crackdown. Mr. Chadwick asks, If China doesn't get results quickly, how long before these investors go cold? He adds, A lot of this is dependent on President Xi. If something happens to him, how quickly will all this unravel? While owners worry about finances, fans are debating whether the influx of foreign stars will help or hinder the development of the national team. CSL clubs are limited to signing five foreign players but they often fill the attacking positions, blocking opportunities for local talent. On the opening weekend of the season, all 16 goals were scored by imports, including Gervinho and Teixeira. Huang tzu an Evergrande fan, believes the foreign players have improved the quality of the league. He says, Two or three years ago, I only discussed European matches and stars with my friends. That has changed, and now many Chinese clubs have become the topic at our parties. The football world is asking if China can use its financial firepower to build success, or whether the newfound fondness for the game is based on shaky foundations, like China's investment binges on property, steel and other industries. Mr Chen of Guangzhou RNF says, If we want to be competitive in the World Cup, we need to learn how the football world functions. Football is a long-term investment, and for us, it's still early days.
0: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast.